2: Your refrigerator after a long day seeing that icy cold Coors light can or bottle in your fridge the answer is no there's nothing better that's why when it's time to chill you choose Coors light it's mountain cold refreshment made to chill Coors light is the one i choose when i need to unwind so that's why when you want to hit reset reach for a beer that's made to chill get Coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart cores brewing company golden colorado and as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball.
1: This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen.
2: Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 291, the last episode of 2018. Scott, I looked this up uh, last night, actually. We have done 88 podcasts. This is our 88th podcast in 2018.
1: That's a good amount. The 88, I, I actually figured it would have been more than that, honestly. We've done, uh, this is what, 291 of our, of our tenure as, uh, as the, the host of this podcast. So it's been a long. A long run so far, eighty-eight. You know, sounds like a good two thousand eighteen. I like, I like the eights. Eights are good. Twos and eights, they're very powerful. Well, so it would have, it would have been more,
2: it would have been more had the Yankees done a little bit more in the playoffs, like we hoped they were going to do.
1: That's true. That's true. We would have been doing them every single night at four in the morning because some (laughs) of those games were ridiculously long. Yes. Uh, But yeah, last last show of 2018. It's definitely one of those uh, one of the closing shows for the for the 2018 season moving on. Not like we haven't been moving on because we've been talking about what's coming in 2019. But, you know, I think today we'll tie a nice little bow on uh, on 2018
2: and, and officially move forward. Well, are you saying that because in the entire Major League Baseball news cycle has just come to a screeching halt in the week between Christmas and New Year's, and basically all we're doing is waiting on Manny Machado?
1: Essentially, that's exactly what's happening right now. We're all waiting on Manny Machado, and guess what, guys? Still hasn't signed.
2: Nope, nope.
1: Although, when we hit publish, he'll probably sign 10 minutes later.
2: Well, yeah, it's New Year's Eve as we're recording this, so something tells me he's not going to break the news tonight, although... That is our podcast luck, right yes, yes I mean I could see that if he is as such a if he's such a
1: bad teammate and such a me guy tonight would be the night to do it right. It's New Year's Eve 11 start of the new year. 11-59. yeah let's just yep. I'm gonna make this whole thing about me. so all the all the machado haters the, they'll love it if he were to announce on New Year's Eve. I mean that's that's uh, that's the ultimate me move.
2: Yeah, well, what we're going to do on today's episode is a little bit of a look back at the 2018 year, not just the season, the year, because it's been quite a year, uh, a lot of changes to the team, a lot of changes to, to, um, to basically everything. Um, and then we're also going to do some New Year's resolutions looking forward. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. You'll, you'll, uh, you'll catch that later in the show, what we want to hear from you guys on New Year's resolutions. But quickly, remind people about the spring training and the BP crew event dates this season.
1: Yeah, so we're doing the spring training event. A bunch of people have already got in touch with me. I think we're we're, we're really close to forty people. Um, the link is now up on our fan shop, so you can go in there and get those tickets. Uh, it's only going to be up for probably the end till the end of this week. We're going to finalize all of the tickets uh, this week and uh, make sure that we're all squared away with the, the guys in Tampa. But again, the deal uh, it's it, it's going to be seventy bucks, and it, what that is on Saturday, March fifteenth. 16th that weekend. It's uh, the St. Patrick's Day weekend, but that's Saturday. Uh, the game is versus Toronto. We're going to be up where we were last year in the bullpen club. Uh, again, 70 bucks. It's all you can drink, all you can eat. You get domestic beers, wine, uh, soft drinks. I think it's Pepsi products and such. So it's a really good deal and it's up there, uh, you know, like perfect view of the uh, entire stadium. So a lot of fun. And we did it last year. It was a blast. So definitely come out if you're looking for a weekend for spring training. It's a really good weekend because that Friday they're also playing the Red Sox. So you get two games in Tampa, uh, which doesn't happen very often throughout the schedule. I think it maybe only happens one other time. So uh, that's a good weekend to, uh, to circle to get down to Tampa. Let us know even if you can't make that Saturday game because we will be doing things around Tampa that weekend and, and you know hang out. As much as we can. Uh, Then the BP Crew events. Again, go to our website, the Fan Shop, and uh, bronxpedstripes.com, and you'll see the Fan Shop links, and you can get tickets for BP Crew events. And we're doing five of them this year. First one is April 13th versus the White Sox. Then it's May 31st, which is a Friday game, our only Friday game. The rest of them are Saturday games. May 31st is versus the Red Sox. Uh, June 22nd versus the Houston Astros. July 20th versus the Colorado Rockies. And then our our season finale will be August thirty first against those pesky Billy Bean Oakland A's. You think they're still going to be pesky next year? I don't know. the The allure is gone, right? So maybe they won't be. They, you know, they're we all everybody sees them coming now. So right, the Oakland uh, A's
2: I, only do well when there's no expectations. As soon as they have some yeah. expectations, Billy Bean shits himself and they cannot do anything.
1: Yeah, and I know they they resigned Mike Fires, so huge signing for Ooh, them. No, um, not but, Mike Fires, but um. But they really have to get that pitching back. I, I feel like they got very there was a, a large part of luck with them last year when they're pitching because well, that's it's like a miracle the that they didn't right? implode. Yeah.
2: The bullpenning is uh is partially luck and Tampa Tampa's luck seemed to just stretch throughout the whole season. So it'll be also interesting to see if Tampa takes a step back.
1: Yeah, those two teams will be very interesting, I think, to see how they how they do. Uh if the bullpenning if they double down on this, I mean, which, you know, we're looking at their off season plans and kinda of seems like they are. Um but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they do. I, I still think Oakwood's going to be good. They have a lot of young talent. Uh, but again, it's going to hinge on their pitching, I think.
2: Yeah. So maybe a, a New Year's resolution for people is to uh, start investing some money instead of spending it on, on booze and, and dumb things like maybe many people do. If you do want to start investing, Robinhood is the perfect app. It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everybody. Not just the wealthy. It's not intimidating. Um, you can get right on there. You can do it from your phone. I know a lot of people might be intimidated from just the market and stocks. They're not educated in it. Robinhood's a, a great way to get started. It's simple and intuitive, clear design with data uh, presented in an easy to digest way. Scott, it's one of your go to apps on your phone.
1: Yeah, I definitely use the Robinhood app. It's uh, I like it because there is no commission fee. You can essentially get on there and. And really learn how to how to play the stock market, uh, you know whether it's just making small trades to to kind of feel your way through it or, or whatnot. There is no fee, and a lot of other brokerages do charge up to like ten dollars a fee, and that could certainly add up. So uh, it's a great one to to download and to you know put a put a little bit in there and and start start getting your feet wet with in investing. And uh, they also have stocks, they have cryptos, they have uh, ETFs, all sorts of different uh, options. You can even uh, you can go long or short. Uh, it's very easy to use. The design is nice. It's got news for each stock, for each uh, for each crypto. It's got all the, the things you need to know to keep in the know. So it's really a one one stop shop for everything. Uh, plus, you learn by doing. You know, you can you can invest as you build your portfolio. You're learning as you're going. You're discovering new stocks and new new companies uh, with their personalized feed, and you can actually you know tailor it however you want. So it's very good. Custom notifications so that you'll be on top of any price movements if you want to pounce on something or uh, or sell if, if that's the case. So Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at bronx.robinhood.com. That's bronx.robinhood.com.
2: So the Manny Machado waiting game. Uh, we've got Dan Clark Sports that is just tripling down, quadrupling down on his report that the Despite the fact that the Yankees, Phillies, and White Sox have all made their final offers, that it's going to be New York, um, Machado uh, will be signing with the Yankees. He expects it to happen in early January, and then he doubled down. um, I saw this over the weekend. Quote, I'm more confident of the Yankees signing Machado than I am of a certain bow-tie-wearing man giving me credit for when it happens. So he's taking some shots at Mr. Ken Rosenthal, who is probably the most respected uh, baseball journalist out there.
1: You know, so I think everybody's got to, to pump the brakes on all these guys. Uh, and, and Dan Clark Sports is is a is Dan Clark one Sports. These, Dan Clark Sports is another one of these guys. You know, he's been a, around baseball for a little while. If you look at his bio and you look up who this guy is, he's definitely gotten some things wrong. That's for sure. And he is, so have is, we. Sunny so Gray, have,
2: twenty games. Of Greg Bird. No no, 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 no,
1: That's not what I mean. We, we don't come out there with like, oh, so and so is signing, and and you know, with without something that we certainly would, would know for a fact. Uh, you know, that's just not how we, how we do things. Uh, we're not out there to get those clicks to, to, you know, show people that, oh we're first. I really don't care about that. Uh, there's, there's an essential part of being right. So I just want every, I just want Yankee fans to, to really take a lot of these reports with a grain of salt. Uh, yes. This guy has been, he's, he's his own website, uh, that he essentially covers Baltimore sports. Um, you know, but he's not attached to any of these. I think he's gotten some, some, some maybe works published on, on some bigger networks. But again, just, just take things with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm not well, downplaying anybody or upplaying anybody, but right. what he is doing is he's a Baltimore local. Um, he is cl- claiming that he is hearing this from people around Machado. So there's possible that he's established relationships, you know, in that circle at some point, obviously Machado was there for a long time. So, you know, there very well could be something like this. I'm not saying there isn't, I'm just saying like, don't, Everybody on Twitter seems like you know we're we're taking this as fact. It's gonna, you know, and every single one of them, there's just too many of these people out here who are just like barking up uh, noise, trying to make get some attention, and it, it gets really annoying. So um, I hope he's right, you know, just because this kid's going all in on it, and uh, that's right.
2: It's not, it's almost but, like if he's wrong, it's it's gonna be a big hit to his career. I think it, because is he it has is it though is it. Down. Well, because I, we,
1: are we going to talk about the Baltimore Orioles in a long time well here's the thing because People you get a report, about this kid.
2: you get a report wrong you get a report wrong I mean Joel Sherman uh Nightingale gets every other tweet wrong like there's these guys who are still employed still respected who get stuff wrong it's not the fact that if he got his first report that Machado was going to sign with the Yankees wrong that it would have been the end of him but he has been tripling down on it because everyone's been tweeting at him people are freaking out over this because he's not one of the major guys and i get it he's trying to make a name for himself he clearly has some tip some source from somebody he trusts i don't know if
1: that's i don't know if that's clear but
2: but okay well i it's clear that that it looks like he, he does he's he's not one of these people where you click on their bio and they have no affiliation with any sort of publication where they have 196 followers. And it's like, well, this person is just throwing shit against the wall, hoping right. it sticks. And if it does stick, then they get their name out there. Like that high school kid from like five years ago who broke, I don't even remember what news he broke some trade or some signing. Right. I have no
1: idea. It, it doesn't matter. There's, there's a bunch of those kids, but it, you're right. There's, there's some, this kid's got a little bit of something to lose. My, my only argument to that is that I think Baltimore's going to be in complete uh, okay. Obscurity fun. But he doesn't, doesn't want to be
2: a laughing stock. He's he's trying to make a career for himself in in Dan Clark Sports. I mean, maybe that's the way to go though, because Baltimore set a franchise
1: high in losses this year. So he's trying to double down so on that as well. So he's
2: adding another loss to the column.
1: Absolutely. You got to stay with where <laughs> your franchise is. You know, you play to your competition, and if you're the team that you're covering is one of the worst in baseball all time, worst in ba- historically bad just throw some tweets out there what does well, it matter no one's gonna even know who you are look yeah, the bottom line is so this much- kid's got something potentially and here's where I here's where I uh where where I think that I'm leaning to the side of like okay maybe this kid uh does hear something whether it's accurate or true that that I have no idea about but I will say I will uh the, the one person that has corroborated this kind of that that kind of like leads me to believe that something is is happening behind the scenes and that there maybe there is just an, uh, a signature or something that needs to happen and this is very close to a done deal, Mr. Jim Leritz, the king of New York, also <laughs> confirms that there he is something. He confirmed no, he, that the, though he, th- he thinks that there is something. If he would have lean one way... No, he
2: said he thinks. He didn't confirm anything. He said, I don't have any information. He just says, I, I think that's where he's going to sign. I thought that was just his opinion.
1: Oh no no no! I I, I think, but Laird doesn't just come out and say that. I think he he knows people in the uh, in the organization, which he does. I mean that's well. It, he had it's, the it's a, it's he had
2: the um the John Stanton info before anybody last year.
1: Yes, he did. So he knows things. I I think uh, I think that he bites his tongue. Because obviously he's trying to mend a very broken relationship with the Yankees. He just wants to get back to old timers day. <laughs> so I don't think he's going to come out and like say something that's going to really piss off the Yankees. So I, I feel like if he did hear whispers of that, he's not going to come out and say, um, you know, a, a definitive yes or, or no. But he didn't crush it, and he, he essentially thought that that would happen. So you know that people will say Jim Larritz has no credibility whatsoever. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I disagree with you because I do think that there are relationships there and he knows people. Um, So, you know, if I'm leaning one way, if I were to be a betting man at this point, when I'm looking at everything in front of me, I would say that the percentages are probably higher that he does sign in New
2: York. It feels like that. It feels like that. There's a lot of smoke. When there's smoke, there's fire. That whole analogy. Uh, But it's for this very reason why, why I'm glad I don't break news. I, I, I don't even try. I don't have any sources. I don't try to have sources. I react to the news. I give my opinion. We watch the games. We are fans. And we, we hopefully people realize we tell it like it is. Doesn't right. this all just seem exhausting? This it whole, is exhausting. This whole thing of, of just trying to be the first. You're trying to be the first for what? For what, what do you get when you're the first? You get one tweet
1: hopefully from other people saying you got it first can confirm and then you will pin had it
2: first. It's like, yeah, you pin that tweet. Everybody's looking for a
1: pin tweet. Do you get,
2: do you, do you get a bag of money for, for that? Like, no, you probably get life just goes on. Nothing changes. You might get like 47 followers, new followers. And you, you have to be, there's a certain, there's a certain level of these national baseball writers like Rosenthal, Joel Sherman, um, uh, I don't even, the list goes on. I, I, and I follow all of them and I, and I look at all of their tweets and I, and I, and I read their columns, but it's like, there's a select few. And I just don't think Dan Clark sports with this one Machado piece of news is going to get him anywhere. And just like all these other writers and people trying to be the first, it's like, they're just stepping on each other and it's so petty. Just, yeah. just let it happen give your opinion. If your opinion is good or interesting, people will follow you. That's it. That's the
1: biggest thing. If you have an interesting opinion, if you can write, (laughs) that's an essential part of being a beat writer as well. And following a team, you have to be able to articulate your thoughts into words, usually written words, or if you're an on-camera person. But the thing is, is that these guys who are, the reason they have the blue check marks next to their name, the reason they have the credentials that they do, and they've been you know, following the teams as long as they they have, they're in the clubhouse. They're they're in the uh, the dugouts before games, talking to these guys. They're on the field. They can legitimately talk to these guys on a daily basis. Baseball is 162 games. There are relationships built. I you know there is a lot of time for these guys to build relationships and that's part of their job. And part of their job is to, to have that relationship so that if something were to happen, they have enough trust and enough of a uh, rapport built where maybe they get a text message from the guy or from the guy's agent or from a very close person around them saying, Hey, it's happening. We're signing. And that's when the real news comes out. When, when it comes from the source to uh, a trusted writer or someone who's covering and that's usually when I start trusting things. But um, the, you're right. The guys that are just trying to put tweets out, it does. I don't know what you're doing with that. It doesn't. It doesn't move your career forward just because you got something somewhere or you guessed correctly. Because a lot of it is guessing, and then you're just sitting on the oh, I guessed right. You know, just just yeah. relax,
2: let it play out. And then, and then you have the the. Fringe Twitter accounts that just take everything they see. They basically probably just have alerts set to everybody and they just recycle the news. And it's always if you look at the timestamps, I know you've screenshotted this before. It's hilarious. (laughs) It's like someone claiming to be first when they tweeted it seven minutes after the first tweet about that news. It's like, no, they just saw that, copied and pasted it, changed a couple words around and boom, it's their news now. It's bullshit. Yeah, um, I, I don't even
1: blow them up in public. I usually just send them. No, stuff and, like, and fine. It, I just don't fine. care enough.
2: We just laugh about it in our Facebook group.
1: Yeah, but it's you know it's it's essentially it's essentially these guys that are are they're they're hiding their information for a reason. They're trying to keep leverage for negotiations. So the thought that all of these leaks are happening is just to me, it's just not even it's not good business. They're just smarter than that, you know, for the most part. So. You know, take it with a grain of salt, all of these reports, uh, as as much as like this guy. I don't personally, I don't think this guy is like is doing that, though. It seems like he actually had this is just, you know, this one ins- isolated incident. If he did know something and he does write for a Boston uh, or a, a Baltimore, Baltimore uh, website, which was his own creation you know that's fine uh, i started bronx Pinstripes, what 8 9 years ago andrew you were the first writer that came on so we know about creating something around a team this is exactly what he did if he had information that was accurate and he knew it was accurate and he put it out good for him that's fine he's reporting what he knows right uh, if we had information that we knew for for fact and, and like things were happening you know i would make sure that it was all the way corroborated and and follow up and follow up and follow up and if if i was confident with what i had we would probably write something as well but again it's not just throwing things in the dark so for this guy's sake i, I do kind of hope it, it is that
2: yeah and, and let's also talk about how are you feeling if this Mach- machado news is accurate and he's going to be signing with the yankees how are you feeling like we've gone back and forth i feel like the machado to the yankee stuff started around the trade deadline we spent we have spent so much time talking about two years <laughs> well yeah <laughs> But uh, so much time talking about how Machado would impact the Yankees. Do they even need another right-handed bat? Is uh, you know the whole hustle stuff in in the playoffs? Um, is he a dirty player? Like the list goes on. But how are you feeling about if Manny Machado is a Yankee next year, and probably for the next decade? Yeah. So I mean,
1: I, I don't think I think if it's if it's if the Yankees sign Machado, um, I, I don't think it's for the next decade. I mean, I think the contract might say ten years on it, if it does, or eight eight years, or whatever it is. Uh, but I think opt-outs are going to be a big part of this contract, no matter what. Wherever he signs, I I, I do believe that. That's just um, right. I, you know, we were thought we we've we broken that down. Yeah,
2: we were joking because the, there was also tweets out there that said that the contract will have multiple opt-outs. Uh, we were joking that yeah, he can opt out after every plate appearance. Oh, I struck out. I don't like that. I'm getting booed. I'm opting out. I, even though it's May thirteenth, <laughs> I'm opting out.
1: Yeah, crafty crafty uh, Cashman has a has a byline in the contract. That if you falsely opt out after uh, a, an opportunity where you're not supposed to, whether it's a plate appearance or an at-bat, because plate appearances and at-bats are two different things. So if you were mm-hmm. to opt out after a walk, uh, it's known and void, and then it a- automatically vests for half price. I mean, Cashman's a ninja, so I like it.
2: You know who probably doesn't know that plate appearances and at-bats are two different things is your boy Harold Reynolds. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but he didn't realize that uh, home runs counted more towards your slugging percentage than doubles.
1: Well, good. Harold Reynolds is a man of the people. she <laughs> doesn't look at the numbers. He's a baseball player. you do not have to look at the numbers.
2: I, I'm pretty sure he just had a brain fart, but it's still a bad look for MLB Network that, that one of their lead studio guys does not just understand basic uh, basic offensive statistics.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love Harold Reynolds, So, I, I, and I know I'm in the I know you do. Very, very big minority. <laughs> very small I mean, I minority. love
2: Harold Reynolds from the days back on Baseball Tonight. Like, the the— the late nineties baseball tonight was maybe my favorite television show of all time. I used yeah. to religiously watch that thing. Um, but he has gone downhill recently. All right. So the, <laughs> the, the, the
1: bottom line is the, uh, Machado makes his team better. There's, there's no doubt we have been talking about this for, for years now, it seems because we've all, you know, we've looked for, we've had mailbags for at least two years about Harper and Machado and who fits? Who doesn't? And I mean, from from the beginning, I think we both, you know, righty lefty, throw that out the window because I know you and I don't really think that's as big of a deal as a lot of people do. A lot of fans do. I think they think the, the righty lefty thing is um, is a, an essential part of being in Yankee Stadium. It's I just don't think it is. It it's just it's just well, not. I that just key. think
2: when you're talking about the, a hitter to the quality of Manny Machado, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter.
1: So um, as far as a fit as with this team, uh, I do think that you know before the season. Third base was a big question mark, and and I know Andujar has come in and offensively, you know, taken the the league by storm. But Machado defensively, if he's going to be slotted at third, uh, you know, used at shortstop for a short period of time, while D.D. is out, I, I think he fits this Yankees team very well right now. Um, he gives a, another high quality bat to the middle of that lineup. Uh, and, and you know, he could spray the ball. He's, a, he's just a, a great hitter. So how do I feel? I feel like if they're going to sign somebody uh, that Machado is probably the best fit, I would rather Machado than Harper personally. Um, I think all this stuff about him being the non-hustle, the the comments, the running down first base, like I do Get rid of all of that. I don't really care about that at all. I think he's a good baseball player. I think he will play hard and and try to win as a New York Yankee, and he does make this team better. If you don't think he makes his team better, you're an idiot.
2: Yeah, and if you're looking towards when Didi's back, if it is Machado at third base and Didi at shortstop, that is extremely good. That is premium defense on the left side of the infield. Oh,
1: ridiculous. I mean, talk about run prevention if that's if that's any part of any of their conversations with the Yankees and it should be because they let up a lot of runs due to errors last year and and due to extra base runners and extra play appearances. Just not getting
2: to balls that maybe yeah. they should have and like Machado is a plus defender at third DDZ plus defender at short. So that's a positive on the defensive side. And then you're talking about possibly 50 to 60 home runs out of your third and shortstop duo. That's tremendous. And I mean, the, the, to me, one of the big things though,
1: one of the big dynamics, if you were to sign is the, the shortstop third base, like what's, what's, we need some clarity on that. I feel like I would love to know. Oh, so do you that, think
2: that would come out, you know, in the press conference? I I, I guess that question it would, would be come asked. out
1: soon. It would come out soon. Absolutely. Yeah. The B writers would probably be all over that. it's a, that's a huge part of what he's doing because, yep. because Dede's in a walkier and coming off of an injury. Now we don't know how he's going to come back or, or when he's going to come back. I think it's a big storyline because if he were to come in and stay at shortstop and start playing really good shortstop, um, and Didi have you know maybe a couple hiccups or or whatnot, or Didi comes back early and and says I'm healthy, ready to go, and and then and then what you know and you know maybe they hadn't maybe they don't uh, trade Andujar, but I think it's essential because it, it makes there's a lot of moving pieces at that point.
2: Yeah, I think the easiest thing for Cashman to say would be that we are going to. We have a place for Machado and Andujar on this team while Didi is out, and we're going to evaluate our team as Didi progresses. That's the easy answer, and that's also the answer that doesn't tip their hand because if he says our long-term future is Machado at third and Didi at short, well, then suddenly Andujar's trade value plummets.
1: I don't know if it plummets. I I certainly don't think it plummets because he's still a valuable, very valuable player, and there are people out there, there are teams out there that know what else is available for their certain... Uh, for their pitchers, and even at the deadline, if you're looking at uh, a deadline move, one, I don't think the Yankees would would uh, trade um, Andujar at the deadline because it, to me that that means he's doing well, he's hitting, and you're going to take a, a a big bat out of the lineup in the middle of the season at that point. I just the optics on that are bad. The it would just be a, it would be a hard move for Cashman to make. So I actually think that if they were to sign Machado, that you know now you you pretty much gotta you gotta trade anduhar and if he's the best option for some of these teams and, and that's pretty damn clear what he is, a major league ready player right now controlled uh, you know, and, and you're going to get a top flight starting pitcher. I think the guy, I think that you, you have an edge right now because you could kind of fast forward to the, dra- the trade deadline and look to see what pieces would be available for, you know, certain teams that might be um, looking at that point. And if you don't see anybody that, that is too, uh an Anduhar liking or, or to the standard of Miguel Andujar, then why not make that deal now and get the best you can? Because I don't think he's going to be available at the trade deadline.
2: Yeah, I just, uh, We got a mailbag question about it. I quickly want to give Brandon Plunter uh, a shout out for submitting the question. Assuming the Yankees signed Machado, would you try to make Andujar fit long-term? Maybe try him out at first base, etc. Maybe left field I've seen also uh, thrown out there, or try and flip him for high-end starting pitcher. So, yeah, you know, that's sort of the conversation we're having now. But, uh, And starting pitcher, man, just makes so much sense. It just makes makes so so much much sense. sense. It does. Um, But I I think if they really, really love Andujar's bat, which I think they do, there still could be room for him with all of these players on the team because Stanton can play the outfield. So maybe he's not a full-time outfielder, but you mix Andujar at DH with Stanton, maybe Andujar – plays still some third base. Machado can shift around to shortstop. Like you can fit the puzzle together. I just think it might be a little difficult. I think it's difficult.
1: I think it's asking, I think it's asking a lot for a player that can play one position and yeah, he can DH. And I think the thought of people, you know, him going over to first base uh, you know, I, I, th- I certainly think it's possible. I think that he, he could probably do it at some point. But knowing how he does play in the field, like he's going to need work. He's not going to make a very clean transition. Because if you think about one of his one of his biggest areas of weakness, you know, when I'm watching his game and watching him play defense, it's his footwork. And if you don't have good footwork at first base, you're going to be a you're going to be a disaster. I mean, look, you know, look what A Rod was doing over there flipping his glove, you know, in and out, and like he just couldn't get the feel right over there. It was
2: it was the opposite. He couldn't he couldn't figure out the other side of the of the diamond. He was used to the left side, not the right side.
1: Yeah, it was bizarro it was bizarro positioning, <laughs> but but yeah. So so I guess he had to turn his glove the other way because he was on the other side, right? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, I, so I, there will be a transition there, and I don't think the Yankees are going to go into a season with Andujar as your first baseman, starting first baseman with uh, you know as a, a giant defensive liability at that point. I I just don't think, especially if you're locking down the left side, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I think the the move at that point, if Machado was signed, it's it's a you're you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole at this point with Andujar uh, somewhere else. You're just trying to find that bat, and and I think the Yankees have enough offense. Um, and with Machado, they're getting a very high quality bat, obviously. So I think the play right then and there is to, uh, you know, is to to flip it and get more pitching. That's obviously I've, still the area of of need, I think.
2: Yeah, I've also seen some people say, well, why don't the Yankees try and trade Didi? And no team is going to trade for an injured player right now who on last is year. <laughs> entering the last year of their contract. And frankly, I don't want to trade Didi. I want the Yankees to re resign Didi. So I and do, and that's that's moving just on. Be, uh, that's that's just going to be such a. You
1: know, we, we need to move on, but that's going to be a big. It's going to be a big storyline, man. Is how how Didi is is progressing with his injury, when he comes back, because you know damn well he's trying to get back as soon as possible. Because, you know, he's try, He's not trying to lose his job to anybody at this point, and and there's a possibility that that could happen.
2: Right. Uh, there were some more reports that Sonny Gray, uh, Milwaukee and San Diego are the two leading teams in on him. We've talked about Sonny and if the Yankees are going to keep him or trade him. I still think he is not on. He does not. He's not in Yankee spring training. I think he is traded before Yankee spring training. That's that's my my guess.
1: Okay, I mean that's not really a bold prediction, right? Like Cashman said, he was going to. Uh, the you're just you're of the you're of the oak. You're of the oak that Cashman is telling no. But us the l- truth.
2: last couple episodes, you sort of changed your mind and you said maybe the most value to the Yankees is to keep him and see what happens yeah. with him.
1: I mean, I I I don't think I've changed my mind in the sense that. I'm just kind of adapting to where we are at this time. And when you're looking to where we are, and the the fact that our fifth starter just had a heart procedure as well, and he's thirty-eight years old, and you know, we don't know what to expect from that guy. Having a person like Sonny Gray as a swing man coming into spring that could be, you know, a bullpen piece. We've seen him in the bullpen, he did pretty well out there. Uh, who has good splits home and home and away, meaning he's got good splits away, <laughs> um, and he's got all the incentive in the world this year to do well uh, and, and rebound from this to to prove something. I just, as much as I despise the man and I, I can't look stand looking at his face, I, I think unless Cashman were to get exactly what he wants, and I do have a feeling that his bar is higher than most expect, uh, then then yeah, the value is to stay on this team. As much as I don't want to look at him.
2: Yeah, the Sonny Gray situation is going to be definitely interesting. All right, let's go to uh, – we asked people to tweet in their their uh, 2018 best of moments. We got quite a few submissions. Uh, some of the favorites, though, the Cleveland comeback that where Glaber hit the three-run walk-off home run is probably the one that people submitted the most. That was the weekend that you were, uh, I think, in New Orleans for a bachelor party, right? So um, I was, I was you,
1: very much alive.
2: Yeah, you, you missed two, uh, two walk-offs by the rookies because Friday night and Duhar had a walk-off single and then Sunday afternoon, Glaber uh, just destroyed the, the Cleveland bullpen, hit a walk-off home run into the Yankees, uh, Yankees bullpen. I remember that image of Chapman just with his arms up. Uh, great moment. Uh, also, the five-run comeback against Seattle where Stanton hit his first Yankees walk-off, his signature Yankees moment.
1: As, as needed. You know, everybody's been always calling for that signature moment as a, as a New York Yankee for Stanton. So he finally got it. And, and then, uh, you know, not soon after or not too far in the distant future, Yankees, Yankees fans started destroying him again.
2: Right. As they did with A-Rod. I mean, the parallels are, are stunning because every, every signature Yankee moment that A-Rod had, it was just completely erased if he just failed the next time. So very, very reminiscent. Luke Voigt's September run was also popular, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just I just don't buy into Luke Voigt, but I'm not. I don't think I'm going to remember that.
1: Well, uh, you know, maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're very wrong. Hopefully, you're very wrong because Luke Voigt comes comes across as the one thing that that we could circle about Luke Voigt that I think is interesting. That that you know, not a lot of people remember of the, of his story so far is the Yankees traded for him for, for basically nothing. It was Chase and Shreve, right? It was, it was nothing, but, but they identified him as a player, as someone they, that they, they could see um, having some upside and maybe hasn't hit his potential. So, you know, the Yankees saw something there and maybe he's realizing his, his talent at this point. And uh, you know, he certainly got the drive. Like I, to, he, his, the way his brain is wired, the way he comes across, uh, does feel like a guy that that can compete at a high level and works his ass off and has talent. So, you know maybe his story is not over. I I tend to believe that uh, that we're going to see him in pinstripes for you know a, a decent time because I think he's going to have a good spring training.
2: And the the CC that's for you bitch uh, in Tampa. I don't think we mentioned, but CC did get his money. He got his bonus,
1: as he should have. Man, the Yankees did the right thing with that one. Yeah. It kind of went under the radar a little bit because they didn't really announce it. Um, but it came out, uh, I think, at their in one of their financial reports. It was, it was someone it was spotted in it. There. So, yeah, it was hidden Yeah, so there. good eyes, yeah. good eyes on, on that one. But yeah, he did get it. Yankees gave it to him, as they should have. And that just proves to you how, how the Yankees, behind the scenes, usually do the right thing.
2: And maybe that was why they got him to sign so quickly uh, for the next season.
1: Yeah, I mean they wanted it was a fit. They they both wanted him to be there, obviously. So and CC wanted to finish his career with a Yankee. He didn't want to go anywhere. You want to uproot
2: and do that all over again? He's no. too old for that shit. Yeah, one more year for CC. Gardner triple, judge home run off of Kimbrel. That was great back in May. That was in the middle of their amazing run from April 21st through May 9th when they went 17 and one. That was probably the, the the peak of the season for me. Glaber was called off, uh called up. Um he looked like a superstar. They kept coming back late in games uh dd's curtain call in anaheim was in the middle of that which we kind of joked but when you look back it's kind of accurate that kind of ended dd's spectacular start to the season
1: it did i mean and it was a tough run over in the west coast but that was a, a ridiculous game and the fact that he got a curtain call on the road in anaheim and that place was just slam packed with yankees fans that was a great moment
2: Gary Sanchez ruining Ken Giles' life might be all time. Yeah, that's all-time. an all time moment. Uh, that's and, an all time moment. Ken Giles punches himself in the face. Cannot even keep his closer role in Houston. Gets gets traded. traded. So, yeah, just gets t-
1: traded to to, to <laughs> Canada.
2: <laughs> Gary Sanchez deported Ken Giles.
1: Yeah, essentially ruining his life. Uh, look, the 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 image of Ken Giles punching himself in the face will go on, and and you know it was very close to uh, that might be the the highlight of Gary Sanchez's year. In fact, I think it is. Yep. Definitely his highlight uh is is that home run and knocking lights, out so. Ken Giles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can remember 2018 for for Gary Sanchez as as nothing else but punching Ken Giles in the face essentially.
2: And uh the Tyler Austin Joe Kelly brawl which seems like an eternity ago. That was early April that happened. We were excited when it happened because it it certainly spiced up the rivalry. Um Yeah. Unfortunately, Red Sox got the better of it this year. Uh, Judge's home run to kick off the wild card game. His, also, his home run in the All-Star game was pretty cool. And Yankees getting their 100th win, clinching a playoff spot with the DD slide. Uh, all good stuff. All, all memorable moments. But unfortunately, ultimately, the season, you look back on 2018, they didn't meet expectations. That, that's sort of the, the, uh, the feeling I get looking back on the season.
1: Well, they didn't meet expectations because they didn't get past the Red Sox. That's the biggest thing. They won 100 games. They they played well. They were in, um, obviously, a hard division with the Red Sox. I don't really... the Whoever wrote the best of is Didi's Dee slide to get his 100th win. Wasn't that the slide that he busted his hand?
2: He busted his hand, yep, and then we thought that was going to be it for Didi. And you know what? Ironically, I wish he had ended his season on that slide because that yeah. means he would not have... Messed up his arm in the playoffs and right. would need Tommy John surgery.
1: Yeah, I mean the the fact is, D.D. is a, an all time competitor, and I love it. So he went out there and grinded through it, and yeah, unfortunately had this injury. But um, all good moments, and, and and yeah, the Yankees had a, had a good season. It was unfortunate that the Red Sox just had a ridiculous season, and they ran into a very hot team. When we're talking about best of, like I felt really good after the Yankees were leaving Boston, uh, taking one at Fenway, God, and everybody and, 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 did it felt like momentum was there and it really it really felt like wow this team is 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 like hitting a groove and i know it was just one game but the fact that they stole that game uh just was was a good moment in the moment <laughs> and then the and then the aaron judge troll with the uh you know new york new york like it was it was just a it was a great moment that did not last long at all because well, they came out flat flat yeah, flat and that was the most surprising thing
2: it led to the probably the lowest point of the season getting just destroyed in game three of the ALDS 16 to 1 or whatever it was just terrible I don't want to talk about the low moments at this point we all know what they are let's move on to 2019 new year's resolutions act as Aaron Boone you're Aaron Boone making a new year's resolution list what are you going to do differently next year as manager
1: okay so this is my this is my new year's resolution Uh, I'm not this is what I want him to think. This is, that's kind of the mindset that I'm going. What I want my Aaron Boone to do. I think he did have a good year. I think a lot of people don't give him credit for that. Uh, There's a lot of people that, that that still are are crushing Aaron Boone just because he's the Yankees manager. And just because why not? That's the, the, the place to go when you're, when you need to crush somebody, it's the manager. I get it. New manager, easy target. Um, I, I, what I want for Aaron Boone is to get his pitching uh, depth and and uh, construction and and how long guys should be out there. I want him to get that right. I want him to get a better feel for his pitchers, whether it's pulling them uh, at the correct time or letting them go when you know maybe he sees them doing well and, and cruising and getting some more outs. I want him to to feel the game instead of going in with a plan that's already set in stone and trying to get a couple more outs towards the bottom of the lineup so that we could flip it. And that's just what the plan is. So that's what we're going to do. I don't care what's happening out on the field. And we saw that many times we've seen, we saw when CC was, uh, was, was used too long, you know, just to get through the lineup and turn it over just because, you know, that's, that's what it looks like on paper. And then it just doesn't happen. Um, or, you know, you see a guy cruising and he gets pulled uh, at a, at a time when you think he could have gotten more depth. So that's my big thing. I want him to, uh, to to really just get this this feel down for his pitchers because that to me was the the biggest area of of weakness and the biggest area that he needs to improve upon.
2: It's the easiest. It's also the easiest thing to identify as a fan looking at the games, right? Because it's so easy when a pitching change is made to say yes, I agree with this. No, I don't agree with this.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we talked about this before we started recording the, the lineup construction is another one, but you know, that's done before the game. The difference to me is that this is an in-game thing. And, and while everybody is talking about, you know, Aaron Boone is a metrics guy. He was brought in because of the saber metrics and because he's a, uh, you know, he'll do whatever Cashman and his minions want, you know, aside from the fact that he sees what's in front of him and he's a baseball player and he's reading a situation. So, you know, in game. And And to me, that's, that's the biggest thing. Like I, I, I know the numbers are there. He should use the numbers. But at the same time, I want him to feel out his players and, and know his players better than anybody.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I agree with, with that. It's really the only one other than maybe dooting up more. or Duding or, up a little. Yeah, duding up. Or beating some ass harder. <laughs> Jesus. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. You, I don't think you use it in the right context. I mean, I know you're not of the of the "let's beat some ass" um, two thousand nineteen generation. Beat
2: some ass harder. That's going to be the new tagline.
1: Yeah, it takes on a new meaning when you say it like that. In all honesty, but I okay. don't know.
2: Your mind's in the gutter. I'm just talking yeah. about winning more baseball games, even harder.
1: Yeah, I just hope they they win a lot of games. That's it. I want to be.
2: I want to be. I want to feel hard when I am. Oh not, my god. <laughs> Anyway, what we want you guys to do is uh, tell us what your New Year's resolutions are. If you are Aaron Boone or if you are anybody on the Yankees, maybe if you're Giancarlo Stanton, you want to watch more game film because you don't want to strike out on the same slider in the dirt every single time.
1: Stop chopping wood in the offseason.
2: Yes. Uh, So what we want is you to leave your New Year's resolutions as a five star rating in (laughs) iTunes. This is this is certainly not trying to game the system at all. No, but, we're, gonna,
1: we're just going to do a little bit of self-serving, and that's yeah. our, our New Year's resolution, and we don't really ask for much. How about a review?
2: Right. Uh, give us a rating and review if you enjoy the podcast. Leave us what your New Year's resolution for the Yankees are in 2019 um, over the next week. And next week, we will read the funny ones, the good ones, the best ones, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we want to hear what you guys are saying. Also, uh, what I want to tell you guys about is sleep number. Uh, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, whether it's eating smarter, exercising more, having Aaron Boone um, make better bullpen decisions, uh, what you need to do is also get some sleep. Maybe that's Aaron Boone's key. He needs better sleep.
1: He, he needs- has some bags under his eyes. And we, we saw the, the, the before-after with Girardi, and, and you know, Aaron Boone is in the middle of that before-after right now.
2: Right. Yeah. He's aged a lot. I mean, you age a lot when you're the Yankees manager. Maybe you would not age as much if you had a sleep number bed. Uh, you need seven to eight hours of sleep is what they're saying uh, for your healthiest and happiest new year. Uh, the, there's the sleep number 360 smart bed for proven quality sleep. Scott, tell people what they can get with this bed. Well, I mean, it's
1: a big deal. You have to, if you, if you are married or you have a significant other, you may disagree on the, the mattress. You know, one person wants it uh, less firm, another person wants it more firm, and you can't decide on what you want. So this is a, a good bed that lets you choose your ideal firmness on each side of the bed. So it's perfect for you. Uh, the new beds are smart. They sense your movements, automatically adjust to you, keeping both parties sleeping comfortably throughout the night so you can try to get those seven to eight hours i don't know anybody who does that seven to eight hours because i just don't have time for seven to eight hours but when i am sleeping on my sleep number bed i sleep like a baby uh not like my baby because my baby's awake a lot but come in for during the lowest prices of the season say four hundred dollars on a sleep number 360 queen c4 smart bed It's now only $1,299. Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Visit sleepnumber.com slash Bronx to find the nearest one by you.
2: All right, let's get to some mailbags. The first one is from Matthew Teague Miller at Miller Teague on Twitter. He says, my Twitter feed has been filled with writers tweeting pictures of their Hall of Fame ballots the last couple of weeks. If you could... Add one current Hall of Fame candidate in their prime to our current Yankees roster. Who would help the team the most? And he says, "My heart says Mo too, but I think, but I would first think about team needs." Yeah, I don't think Mo, despite how how legendary Mariano Rivera is, and while he can still get a hundred percent because of that one uh, D bag writer out of uh, Massachusetts who abstained from voting because he doesn't agree any. Any closer should be in the Hall of Fame, but he also does not want to deny Mariano his uh, possible 100% balloting. Um, but, yeah, Mariano probably not going to help the Yankees the most for 2019. Scott, who would you add?
1: If we're looking at everybody and we're just uh, looking at these players and we're talking about – there's two guys that I would add. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat. I'm going to go offense and then I'm going to go pitching. Um, if I'm adding a pitcher from here – I'm adding Roger Clemens because I think he's the most dominant pitcher of these Have guys. I've heard of him.
2: Yes. Heard of little that bit.
1: guy. Yeah. Roger, he's in George's box. We're, we're going to go Roger Clemens because probably the most, uh, you know, steroids aside, if you believe that or don't believe that um, probably the most, if not one of the top three, most dominant right-handed pitchers of all time history. Uh, so Roger Clemens would be the guy I would add to this pretty much would, would lock down this pitching staff. And if I'm adding a bat, uh, again, steroids aside, I'm adding Barry Bonds. Okay, so Barry you're, Bonds you're
2: just taking the best player approach. I like that approach. That is a good approach. To yeah, take. I'm
1: not. I'm not trying to. You know, add, you know, I'm not. I'm not looking at, at morals and ethics and, and how you play the game. I'm just looking at the best players on these on this list right now. And um, Barry Bonds was, you know, a, a spectacle. If you saw Barry Bonds play in his prime, then you saw some insane baseball. You saw the best player on the planet, hands down. Um, the guy was ridiculous when he was playing, you know, uh, whether he was assisted or not, he was ridiculous. So you add Roger Clemens prime, Barry Bonds prime to this lineup. It's a, it's a, it's a sweep. It's they're going to win 162 games and sweep through the playoffs.
2: That's yeah, that, that is true. I'm going to try and I'm going to say some different names just because, yeah, those are the two best players and and that's fine and great. So Roy Halladay, I think Roy Halladay in his prime was one of the best pitchers uh, I ever saw. He was Pitching complete. He was the only pitcher pitching complete games, and he was doing it in the American League East. So give me prime Roy Halladay. And then on the offensive side, maybe a little left-handed first base bat. Todd Helton, he's pretty good at hitting. That would help the Yankees, don't you think?
1: He's a pretty good hitter, yeah. I, I think Todd Helton uh, is, is, a, is a very good hitter. When I, when I think about the guys, if I think about some of the more dominant hitters as I was growing up and in that era... Um, Todd Helton, I think, is one of those guys that was always, always, you know, in my thought of one of the best first basemen in the league.
2: Yeah, maybe he got a little boost from the Colorado uh, thin air, but but still, that left-handed first base bat w- would be awfully nice, <clears throat> Greg Bird. All right, he <laughs> he for
1: I mean, the, the guy had was uh, was a, was a put bat to ball too, so right. a, lot, a lot of good things.
2: Yankee Stadium, I think, would also be kind to that swing. It, it would be. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Andrew Owens at Andrew Owens seventeen on Twitter says, "Would the Brewers do Sonny Gray for Eric Thames, and would you play him at first base or outfield slash DH rotation?" So quickly on Eric Thames' contract, he's due six million dollars in twenty nineteen, and then a seven and a half million dollar team option in twenty twenty. He has also yet to go through arbitration because he was in Japan. Was he in Japan?
1: Japan or Korea. Yeah. One of the two. I think yeah. maybe Korea. But.
2: but a lot of times what happens with these guys um, is they never end up going through arbitration. This contract will end, and if another team wants him, they'll sign him to another contract. Um, he only had a 783 OPS and 93 games played in 2018. So that sort of epic run he had in the first half of 2017, I think, was a little bit of a flash in the pan.
1: I think it was he's also 32 years old uh you know he's he's certainly been around the block. Um it's just not a player I would like to take on at this point. I mean we saw we saw Luke Voigt have a really good September 2 and, and I think you know when we're talking about flash in the pan like give me the guy that's already on our roster. I don't need to add another just add another guy. And I know he's a a lefty bat that that could potentially um you know, bolster that that side, but again, if you're if you're not taking much stock in the lefty ready thing as much, which I, I don't, especially for a guy like this, no, I, I'm just I'm not interested in that deal.
2: I think the Brewers would do that deal though, <laughs> don't you think?
1: Absolutely, they would do that. You're deal. basically
2: yes. just trading money at that point. Sunny Gray is going to be owed a little bit more than six million in 2019, but the prospect, I think, there's still teams out there, and the Brewers are one of them that believe Sunny Gray can do well in a smaller market, maybe not as much of pressure as the Yankees.
1: No, absolutely. He, he and and I I think the, I I'd say the majority is in that in that thinking. Like I, I know as, as the further we get away from the season and the further he's not in front of me pitching horribly at Yankee Stadium, the more I see, you know, looking at the other side as a GM from an opposing team is that, you know, a lot of people are probably in on signing gray at this point because you're getting him at, at a much lower value and he still has he's not hurt. That's he's he's proved that he's he's healthy. Um so i i see i think a lot of people are looking at him as a as a as a value add right now
2: yeah all right the final question is from andrew hooper at the underscore andrew underscore h by so. the way tim
1: struck out 163 times in 2017
2: and how many plate appearances
1: in um 551 plate appearances
2: mm, yeah it's not very good no thank you um all right. He says uh, right-handed pitcher, Devi Garcia. I saw an article yesterday, pumping him up, discussing his spin rate and major league potential. Is it possible that he's being built up as a trade ship or does he figure into the New York Yankees long-term plans quickly on Garcia? He's 19 years old. He is ranked number 11 in the Yankees system on MLB pipeline. They put his ETA at 2021 and the scouting report on him is that he's got tremendous spin rate. We, we, Spin rate, I feel like, has blown up over the last year.
1: Big buzzword this year, yeah. yeah it's so like spin rate in baseball and then um, uh, RPO, run, run pass option in football. Those are the two buzzwords.
2: Right. So spin rate on his fastball and curveball are exceptional. That's, that's good news. That kind of reminds me of, um, you know, he could remind me of how Johnny Lasagna sort of came out of nowhere where he was impressing people in the minors and his stuff would actually play in the majors. He just needs more time to develop. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, I think you can probably add oh, five or six guys to that, to that list. I mean, he's the 11th ranked prospect in the Yankee system, um, according to pipeline. And uh, yeah, like he's 20, 2021 is an ETA where they put him. So I, I, long-term plans. It's really hard to say that at this point, that I think there's a number of guys in the, in the uh, lower levels of the system that they feel really good about. I mean, they've been so active on international signings as well. And those guys are super young. So when you're getting very young players uh, from these international signings and spending as much money as they have. And they've, they've added some top level international si- uh, prospects over the past few years. You know, I, I think we're going to see, you know, some of these guys come out of nowhere. And, and I think as a pitcher in the Yankee system, you know, they have the, the easiest path to, to move up quickly. Um, like we saw with, uh, with, with Johnny uh, uh, lasagna, we saw him kind of come out of nowhere. He He came up to the big leagues, you know, from double a. So, I think there is room for guys like Debbie Garcia to, to make some noise, but I don't think he's the only one. I think the Yankees feel really good about their young pitching, uh, especially in the lower levels.
2: Yes. And I forget in what context we talked about it, but like seven of their top 10 pitching prospects are basically all right. They're all like right handed clones of each other. So yeah. you could see them getting moved or you could see them just hanging on to them, see who, see who develops the most, and then. That'll be the next guy up that you see get a couple starts, like with Lasagna and uh, Herman last year. So, um, All right, that's going to do it for the mailbags. I also want to just quickly uh, give a shout-out to Brandon and Landon, who both submitted questions. We answered them earlier in the show, though. Landon's question was about Luke Voigt, which we already touched on. Scott, uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year. I know you're going to a wedding tonight, right? Yeah. I'm
1: heading, uh, heading up, we have uh, my buddy, we're all jumping in his new van cause he's a, a dad with kids. <laughs> so now he has a van, oh, which I'm very, very concerned about because there's going to be a bunch of us in, in one van. Can you at least um, watch a,
2: a nice movie in the van? Does it have one of those uh, TVs uh, man, in the back I, of the seat? I just
1: have a, I just have a feeling it's going to be nothing of that. It's going to be all bad activities on the way up. So the, uh, <laughs> the 21 hopefully, questions. hopefully I'm alive. Hopefully I'm alive when I come back after this, because it's going to be pretty good. We're, we're, away from camp for the first night in a very long time it's like probably our second night out uh and they've only been wedding so in, in the past couple of years so uh the parents are about to play and i'm probably going to play pretty hard let's see if i survive it's going to be a an interesting night because well, it's going to be a fun one
2: maybe machado breaks some news and we have to get you on the podcast uh, nice and hungover to react to the machado news
1: yeah that'll be that'll be it'll be interesting so we'll, we'll see how I, I live but happy new year to everybody again looking forward to a, a very big and good 2019 both you know for bronx pinstripes and everything we're doing and then the yankees uh and and just another thank you to everybody who's been listening and on this journey with with andrew and and me the entire time it's been a lot of fun and uh hey man we're gonna keep rolling and hopefully we get a little bit further this year 2019 Another big year. Aaron Boone's second year, so I'm, I'm feeling good about this.
2: Yes, another step forward in the playoffs. And again, guys, what are your New Year's resolutions for Aaron Boone and for the Yankees in general? Leave them in the comments on uh, the reviews on iTunes or wherever it is you, you listen to this podcast. If you're an Android user or whatever, leave it there as well. Thanks again, guys, and we will talk to you next week.